Hey guys, this is Molly. Today we're going to be talking about a valuable and really important lesson when it comes to relationships, dating, marriage, and even friendships that I was reminded of this week as I heard about a little drama, which you probably heard about too, that happened in the news. So we're going to be talking about that today. So stay tuned. Well, welcome to the podcast, guys. I'm so glad that you're here. I hope that you're finishing your July out strong as we enter into August in just a few days. Um, This summer is flying by like crazy, and I'm like, no, slow down. It's just been a wonderful summer for me. I hope that you're having the same. Well, before we get into the topic today, I thought it would be fun to play a little game. And it's going to be a summer-themed game. If you don't like games, I'm sorry. You can fast-forward this part if you want. But have you seen those this or that little posts that people are posting on Instagram stories where you have to pick, like, which do you like better? You have to circle which do you like better. Well, we're going to do that. So I want you to be involved in this, so you got to answer it for yourself too, whether you're working or driving or at your house, whatever you're doing, answer it for yourself too, so we can have fun doing this. So here we go. The first this or that is ice cream or popsicles. This is an easy answer for me because I feel like popsicles are for kids and ice cream is for kids and adults, I guess. I don't know. I just my kids love popsicles and I get it for get them for them a lot, but I always feel like I shouldn't be eating it. I don't know. I feel like it's a waste of my sugar intake. I'd much rather have something else. But it has to be non-dairy ice cream because I can't have dairy. But yep, that's my pick. Okay, the next one. Now, your answer on this is going to tell me, well, I won't know your answer, but it says a lot about your strength of character your perseverance in life, and if you're one of those people that is not afraid to do the hard things. The the question is, tropical trip or camping trip? And I have to be honest with y'all, I'm not the one that loves to do the hard things because my answer is not camping trip. It's tropical trip. And if y'all know me personally, you know that for sure. That's my answer. Let's go to Hawaii. Let's stay in a nice hotel. I like the idea of camping. I really do. And I would like to, I've never camped with the kids as a single mom. I've camped like two or three times in my life. Um, So not much, but I've never done it with the kids. And I know they would probably love it. And doing things with your kids when you see them enjoying it, it makes so much, it makes it so much more fun as a parent. But the reason why I feel like camping is like just a big investment of work is the setup, the tear down, the not being super comfy at night, the being dirty. I can't stand my feet being dirty at night. Just, ugh, I don't know. When I would go to camp as a kid, we'd have this thing called junior camp. I remember bringing baby wipes and wiping my dirty feet off before I went to bed. And at that time, I didn't realize that's not really normal for a kid. But yeah, that was me. Um, But yeah, so I would definitely pick the tropical trip. But if you are one of those hard workers, then you are awesome and amazing. Okay, so the next one is uh, strawberries or watermelon. So strawberries are actually my favorite fruit. So I'm going to have to go with that. And did you know that strawberries are one of the fruits that have the least amount of sugar, I think, in it. And watermelon, I think, is one that has a higher amount of sugar in it. 
Okay, next one is straw bag or straw hat. This is kind of interesting. I think there's like a trend more into like the straw bag and the straw hat, but I'm gonna have to pick straw bag, which always reminds me of my grandma because she used to always have cute little straw bags and at that time they weren't like a trendy thing, but now they're trendy and it does make me think of my grandma and they are really cute, but straw hat, like I don't wanna look like a scarecrow. I feel like a few people can pull off a straw hat. I mean, I guess there's some that's cute, but I'm I'm in picturing I'm picturing in my head a scarecrow hat, and that's just nope, not my thing. All right, last one is outdoor movie or outdoor concert. Outdoor concert all the way, people. So. Okay, going to a drive-in movie, if they mean that by outdoor concert, that would be really fun. And I've actually never done a drive-in movie before. But a concert is just so much more of a memorable experience than going to a movie. So I don't get why people love like going to movies for date night or like a social thing. Because to me, going to the movie theater isn't really... I know I used to do it as a teenager, but it's not really a huge social thing. I guess after the movie, you talk about the movie and like, oh, that was great or whatever. But you're sitting for two hours in front of a screen not talking to each other. I would much rather go and do something that you're like sharing an experience. You're going out to eat together. You're doing something together. that you're able to talk and get to know the person more and spend time with them. That's just my thoughts. Don't judge me, people. But... That is the end of our This or That game. I hope you enjoyed it, people. (laughs) I had fun. So today, the news story that we're talking about, which I cannot believe, never in a million years did I think I would be talking about this on my podcast, but I feel like it has some really good applicable lessons to us that we can really um, relate to how we handle relationships especially dating relationships, but also marriage as well. And that is the drama that went on with The Bachelorette. Now, I have to preface, I did not watch the whole season. I didn't watch The Bachelorette at all this season. I've only watched a few clips on YouTube. And I like to sometimes keep up and read things in the news related to to the drama of The Bachelorette because, or The Bachelor, because you can learn a lot about people like human nature and how people act from these kind of shows. But I in no way want to endorse watching this show because there's, I know, not good content in it. And I'm sure it's gone downhill. I mean, a few years ago, I watched one whole season of The Bachelorette. And it's just kind of a waste of time. And I know that there's, you know, negative stuff. And I'm sure even in a few years... I mean, TV is just going downhill. I'm sure just even in a few years since I watched it, they've added more things that are just not good, raunchy. But um, this, what went on in the news, what was the big thing so far of The Bachelorette was this kind of dialogue that went on between Luke P., one of the, I guess you'd call him contestants, and Hannah, who is The Bachelorette. Well, Luke said he says he's a christian and committed to sexual purity and he went in going to do the season thinking that hannah was on the same page because she said she was a follower of jesus and um he thought that she was committed to sexual purity too well they had a date together you know on the show and he said to her i just want to make sure that you 
are not going to have sex with anybody on the fantasy suites nights, which they have this fantasy. If you haven't ever watched the show, they have this fantasy suites nights where they get down to like the last three, I think three or four guys and they get to spend the night with the guys, whether or not they sleep with them, but most likely they probably do. I don't know how it all goes down. So he's saying, I, I just want to make sure that you're not going to do that. And He's kind of like caught off guard because she's like, I, I can't believe you're asking me that. You're not my husband. Like, I can't believe you're asking me that. Well, he ends up leaving the show, but then later coming back and um, trying to just make sure like, I really, I think he really liked her and wanted things to work out. And he's like, I just want to make sure like that you don't still have feelings for me. And she he kind of will not let go and will not move on and leave. And she finally is like, nope, I don't have feelings for you. And he ends up finally leaving the show. And as I was reading what went went down with all of this, and you can read it in the news or go on YouTube and watch a clip of all of this that went down. What made me think was really valuable from this story was the fact that so many of us can be like Luke in relationships where we try to put on someone something that they're not. We kind of have expectations or ideas about, you know, a guy or girl, depending on if you're a guy or a girl. Um, we kind of think they're a certain way or we want them to be a certain way. We want them to have certain values or we think that's that we're on the same page, but really we're not. And, and we can try so hard to try to make things work with that person and try to kind of like fix them and try to, one thing that Luke said was, I went on this show wanting to rescue Hannah. And we can try to be that rescuer to somebody and just think, well, if just these few little things changed in this person, then we would just be a great match. And and they just have a few things that need to change and I could help them change. And we can get down this like slippery slope in our mind of thinking that it's going to be an easy fix for it to work out with this person and for us to be a good fit. Well, one thing that is just so important in dating is realizing that the way the a person is now and the way our relationship is now in dating is going to be harder, more difficult, more, more of that person's weaknesses are going to come out. Both our weaknesses, but as well as their weaknesses are going to come out in an even stronger way in marriage. And so if you're having problems with somebody and you're thinking, "Mm, we're not really on the same page totally, that's going to be magnified hugely in marriage. And I think I was thinking about this. I was talking with my best friend about this concept of wanting to fix someone. And I was like, is it just a girl thing? And like, nope, it's not. Because I saw that in this story with the bachelorette, Luke wanting to fix and be the rescuer, like he said. It's not just a girl thing. It's a girl and a guy thing. And it must be maybe related to personality. I don't know. Maybe everybody can get in these tendencies of wanting to fix somebody, wanting to change somebody, um, trying to put on somebody like the best of who we think they are, but not facing reality of who they are. 
I don't know if it's a human nature problem or if it's a personality problem, certain personalities, but I've seen myself totally do this. And it's an area that I'm like, yeah, I need to work on this because it's not healthy, never healthy to go into a relationship wanting to to fix somebody or not just accepting them for who they are. And in dating, it's great because you can be like, well, if, if I can't accept the person for who they are right now, then like I shouldn't be with them. We're not a good fit. We're not a good match. Um, it gets harder when you're in marriage and you, and you feel like we're not on the same page. Um, and, and it's not our job to fix somebody in marriage either. One thing I want to talk about before we get into talking about this in marriage is just because someone says they are a Christian does not mean they are a Christian. And I think that's so important to consider when we're dating somebody. And especially in our culture nowadays, I think it's going to be an increasing problem because the concept of what a Christian is in in our culture is becoming broader and broader. And so it's so important to to say, do we have the same values that line up? And another important thing to kind of configure in your mind as you talk to somebody, a potential spouse, is does this person have an authority outside of themselves, which we want it to be God as the authority, but are the way that they're basing their decisions and living their life are they the authority of their own lives? Is culture the authority of their own lives? Are friends and other people influencing them the authority of their lives? Or is God the authority of their lives? And the scriptures the authority of their lives? Or are they just basing how they're living their life off of what they want to do <laughs> and how they want to live? Um, and if you're asking those questions and you're not lining up and you're not on the same page, then that's your opportunity to say, okay, we're not a good fit and walk away. And, you know, maybe down the road that person is going to change and and things could work out for you in the future if God has done a work in their lives, but it can't be you. You can't be the one. And that's really like you want somebody to change, not because they're doing it for you, for romantic reasons, for that infatuation, because they are obsessed with you. And at that point, they're like, I will change anything for you. Because those feelings of infatuation are not going to last. And that person, the changes they've made are not going to last because it will not be a decision they made on their own. It'll be a decision they made for you. And decisions that are made for someone else, they just don't last because somebody has to decide on their own, this is something that I want. This is the something that I realize that I need to be like and the Holy Spirit has to convict somebody, not you. And that's the way it will last. Like, we often think that character, godly character, I think we can trick our minds thinking that it's like something that can happen quickly. Like when we're dating, like, well, if this person just did this and that and that, then they'd be great and they'd be this amazing, wonderful person. It's like, no, godly character is something that is built over time, patiently over time that God does in someone's life. It's not an overnight quick fix thing. So 
I think that is super important to be reminded of in dating and something that I want to keep in my mind for the future as I am starting all over again, um, being a single person. Now, let's talk about this in regards to marriage, wanting to change somebody, wanting to to fix somebody, wanting to rescue somebody. Um, That can get us in big trouble in marriage because I think when we're, like I said, when we're dating, like our differences and maybe those, I don't know, things that show up that we're like, hmm, we're maybe not on the same page are not as big of a deal, like I said before, when we're dating as when we get married. And then those differences, they start to bug us more and they get magnified even greater and um, can cause a lot of struggles and frustrations. Now, if there are differences that are not a, you know, a moral difference, they're just like, well, he does it this way and I do it this way, then that's an opportunity for us to loosen up a little bit and open our minds to a a new way of doing things and finding a new normal as a family. But if they are problems in the sense that you see that your spouse needs to mature or need to grow in an area or they're really having struggles in a certain area, um, we have to realize again that we cannot fix somebody. We cannot change somebody. And one of my favorite quotes is, I'm going to read it to you guys. Um, I don't have it memorized. I wish I did, but where did I put it? All right, we're going to find it here. I think I saved it to my Pinterest account. Um, One of my favorite quotes reminds me of the importance of not being a rescuer in relationships. And it says, I am a lighthouse rather than a lifeboat. lifeboat. I do not rescue, but instead help others to find their way to shore. Sometimes in marriage, we can try to be the rescuer. We can try to be the fixer where we're just going to try to control and do what we can to try to make things better with a person. And though that never works, in fact, it will cause us exhaustion. It will cause us stress and anxiety and more division in our relationship. If somebody, if your spouse is having struggles, the best thing you can do is to pray for them. And if if it's causing you your own personal anxiety and stress to get help for yourself, even if your spouse doesn't want help. You know, I talked about this in my divorce podcast. So go listen to that if you're having great struggles in your marriage. Get help for yourself. You can do that even, you know, ultimately you hope, we can go in together and work things out together. But if your spouse doesn't want to go with you, that is, should in no means stop you from going to get your own help. So praying for them, going and getting your own help, and realizing that Christ has to do the work. I was thinking about um, guys that do that chainsaw art where they take like a stump of wood and they shape it into something beautiful, like a bear or an eagle or an owl or something. And how they make it look so easy, but it really isn't easy. It's They have been trained. They know how to do this. And I was thinking about if, 
you know, a novice person was like, I'm gonna, I can do that. That looks easy enough, but all I got is a butter knife. And so they're trying to dig into this big stump of wood with a butter knife to create something beautiful. Well, after they've been using their little butter knife for hours on end, what is, what is that stump of wood going to look like? It's going to still look like a stump, but with all these <laughs> nicks and, you know, dents in it. And I think that can apply to us who tend to be fixers, try to fix things. Um, it, can, it can apply to us in relationships where if we're trying to do the fixing, we're trying to do the changing, it's not going to change somebody. We need God, who is the great artist, the, create, the great creator, to do the change in somebody's life. Now, I know that this can be an issue that sounds very simplified as we talk about it, but when it comes down to real life, it can be so hard. It can be incredibly hard to take our hands off the steering wheel and to to put somebody in God's hands instead of trying to be in control, especially in marriage. It can be incredibly difficult. And I don't want to make it sound contrite or anything at all because I know it can be so challenging. But it also can be really freeing in the sense that, like I said, when we try to fix somebody, it can be exhausting for the fixer. And when we let go to God saying, God, they're in your hands, it takes off so much pressure from ourselves, so much sense of responsibility, so much trying to be the savior, because that's not in our makeup. God did not create us to be a savior, to be a fixer. Only he is the one that can be a fixer. And so when we let go, it can be really freeing in that sense. But it takes commitment to prayer and to putting that person in God's hands. And I think it's a continual process of letting go and giving them up to God. I was thinking about Romans 7, 24. I kind of wrote down this verse because I was thinking about repentance. And if, you know, your spouse is struggling with something and you you hope like, God, I hope that this person, that my spouse will get to the point where they realize that this is an area of growth in their life. Well, Romans 7, 24 says this, and it says, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And I was thinking how for somebody to get to that point where they say, wretched man that I am, who's going to deliver me from this body of death? Only God, thanks to God. You know, someone doesn't get to that point, Paul saying that, by someone telling him, you did this wrong, you have to do this, you know, you, you need to change this. It's the Holy Spirit that convicts and that changes somebody from the inside out. Even if you think about the fruits of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience. Those are fruits of the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Spirit working in someone's life. And that's really what it comes down to is that change is only brought about by God doing the work. And if you have a spouse that is an unbeliever or that is is struggling with maybe substance abuse issues or really difficult things that um, 
can be so challenging. God is the one that's going to change someone's heart, not us. And so we don't want to be the fixer. We don't want to be the rescuer. In fact, we don't want sometimes when we're trying to be the rescuer, we're trying to make things easier for the spouse that is struggling. And when we take our hands off the reins and we say, God, we're leaving this person, I'm leaving this person in your hands, life can be more difficult for that person when we're not doing all the little details of trying to fix things for them. But sometimes discomfort is what brings about change. And when we get into this like codependency relationship where we're doing things for this person and we're taking care of them and blah, 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 we're not allowing that discomfort that God may want, very well want to be in that person's life to bring about change. You know, people always say someone has to reach rock bottom sometimes before they're going to change. And that is so true. And so our job is to be responsible for our own behavior before God and to get help if we're struggling in our marriage or we're struggling in that relationship. It is our job to get help for ourselves and to be right with the Lord, but we are not responsible for someone else's behavior. That is between them and God. You know, I think it often comes down to fear in our lives that drives us to want to be the fixers and want to be the rescuers in a relationship. And fear does not come from God. I feel like lately I've been dealing with a lot of fear about things. And I know that that's like a tool of Satan to distract me from trusting and committing my life to God. And I think in relationships, if you're dating, there can be fears of, well, this person is right in front of me and maybe he's not exactly or she's not exactly who I want them to be. But you know, if these little few things change, then it'll be fine. And if I don't try to be with this person, then what if no one else comes along? And that's a valid fear. And it can be scary thinking of the unknown of if I'm not with this person, then like, what if I'm never with somebody? And that's what we have to commit to God. And in marriage, our fears can be, well, if I don't try to fix my spouse, if I don't try to change them, what if they never change? Or what if they never realize what they're doing? And what if things stay the same? And again, those two things are driven by fear. They're not driven by faith in God. And Satan wants to use that as a tool to just create um, anxiety, stress, and a load on our shoulders that is not for us to carry. And so that's when we just have to commit ourselves to God, commit to trusting God in the unknown, in not having all the answers. I think as rescuers and fixers, we like to be in control. We like to know the answers. We like to know where things are going. And God says, trust me. Let me do the work. And when God does the work, it's so much more beautiful than anything that we could do on our own. Just like I said, this, the example of the chainsaw artist, that beautiful eagle, that beautiful bear that is made by a creator, a designer, as opposed to us just trying to make things work and trying to fix things on our own.
God is the fixer of souls. God is the changer of hearts. And God is the one that has a purpose for your life far greater than anything you could ever create on your own. So I'm going to pray right now as we close. Lord God, I just pray for anyone that is struggling with realizing that, yeah, I'm kind of a fixer person. I'm kind of a rescuer kind of person. I pray that they would let go of that load, let go of that burden, and they would entrust themselves into your hands and let you be the fixer and let you be the changer of hearts, Lord. And I pray that you would just release that burden from their shoulders and that they would entrust themselves into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. One thing I do want to clarify, you guys, is the fact that I'm talking about in marriage, it's not our job to fix the other person. I don't want to discourage you from thinking that we can't encourage our spouse to make changes because it does talk about iron sharpening iron and one man encouraging another. And so we can encourage our spouse to make changes, but there's a difference between encouraging them and controlling them or trying to fix them. And like I said, if you're having really difficult marriage struggles, I really would encourage you to go listen to my podcast on divorce because it really lays out a the right path to go about getting help because a lot of times there's a need for outside help from your church. And I really lay out this process for going and getting help. Um, if you're really having intense marital, marital struggles, I always want to leave that little, you know, side note because I never want someone to think that they just have to stay the way things are and not do anything about the intense struggles they're having. So I'm going to leave that there for you guys. Well, thanks you guys for listening to the podcast. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, would you take a minute to rate it? You can just hit the little stars, what you think the podcast is worth. That would be awesome. And if you have a friend, you think that maybe this podcast that I shared today or one of the other ones would encourage them, I would love for you to share it with them. And we can just grow this little podcast that is geared towards people that are wanting to grow in their faith that aren't afraid to step out from the crowd and be different and shine for Jesus. That's what I'm here for. And I know that you're here for that too, if you're listening. So I hope you guys have a wonderful week and I will see you guys all next week. Bye.